It's time for Money for Lunch, where we feed your brain and your business with supersized portions of business and financial news. Now your host, Bert Martinez. I think almost springtime for a lot of us. Anyway, uh, today I have Alex Slatton on the show, and we're going to be talking about something that is uh, kind of a normal experience for all entrepreneurs, and that is bad reviews uh, or customer complaints or having a review system. Bottom line is Alex believes that a bad review is an opportunity, uh, uh, is a good opportunity for you and your business. Um, it, he even calls it sometimes a, a blessing in disguise, right? Alex, welcome to the show. Thanks, Brad. It's, uh, it's great to be here. And you're right. Uh, a lot of times we operate under the pretense that our business is amazing and it's it's doing exactly what we set it up to do, especially with our employees. But when uh, a bad experience happens with a client and, and let's face it, everyone has one every now, every now and then and they post it online, it's, it means that it, it really struck a chord with them. And that is a great opportunity for us because a vulnerability or a problem in our process uh, has been uh, discovered. And now we need to, A, take care of the fire, take care of that particular client, especially because now it is on social media, whether it's the Google reviews or the Facebook reviews of your business, it's for everyone to see. But also it allows you the ability to review your internal processes and look at things to improve so the next uh, client that goes through a similar interaction is going to have a great experience. But also what we want to make sure is whenever we tackle the issue of that in particular client that posted the bad review, we need to make sure that we are able to reply to that review in a way that is respectful, but also with in terms of next steps for not only that particular client, but also for your business. So when people read that bad review, and come on, we all do it when we're looking for businesses, right. we get the reviews, and then we sort it from one star and then, and, then, and then up. We read the review because we know that bad things happen, but then we read the reply of the business, and from there we deduct automatically in a split second whether that is a business that is worth my time to invest. Sure, sure. And, and I'm glad you mentioned the reply. So here's something that I see all the time where businesses simply don't reply. And, and they don't reply for good reviews. They don't reply uh, on a bad review. They simply don't reply. And, and I, you know, I agree with what you're saying. Whether it's a good review or a bad review, not replying shows the world you're you're not paying attention you simply don't care i mean i don't do a lot of reviews unless it's either really good or really bad and i definitely feel better when if i if i have to leave a bad review when that business responds and reaches out and tries to fix it um i know they care about me they care about their their business and their customers and I will always give a business a second chance, um, you know, when they reach out to me. So, so I think it's, you know, I think that, uh, you know, again, a bad review is not the end of the world. It's really 
you know, a call to action, right? Yeah, and, and you're right. And I think one of the main things that people need to understand is that when people post a bad review online, what that reveals is that your processes did not allow them a proper way to express their concerns when they actually had the bad experience. This is why they felt the urge to go and share that on a, a platform that allows them to do so. So one of the things to always learn when you get a bad review is that you have to investigate and create the ability for clients to share their experience, good or bad, before they go online. Um, so, so that's something that's really, really important to understand. Uh, I think I think the the other component that's that's really important is that there are two things, and you mentioned one of them, that are the worst that you can do when it comes to uh, bad reviews. One is not reply, and the other is to reply with a canned message, so the mm -hmm. one that they can see whether it's for a reply to a good review or a bad review, but it's always the same, and people can see it through because they read all the reviews in bulk. And if they see that the replies are just the same copy paste, then that's just the same feeling that the business is not genuine, not interested. It's just doing things just to put a check mark. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so let's talk about this. What should a business do You know, when they get a bad review? I mean, obviously we've talked about replying. What's the next step after that? So I, th I think before you reply, the important thing is to do a preliminary investigation with your team, uh, depending on the amount of detail that there is in the review, uh, so that your reply can have context to it uh, in terms of what, what is exactly that you've already done. Because you can post something like, like, thank you for your feedback. We've already reviewed our internal processes and enhanced them or whatever it is. But the reality is you're writing the reply, not necessarily for that individual, but for the other readers that are reviewing your business uh, as, as a potential business to, 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 to interact with. So it's important that the response has context. So if you're able to do a preliminary investigation to understand what has transpired to exactly pinpoint what was enhanced, that is gonna be a great, um, great example uh, and a thing to do. Uh, the other thing is that you need to take care of that particular client in order to turn the experience around and help them become a repeat client. Um, but also then look into the details of your processes and your staff and their responses to make sure that they are able to provide a better experience given a similar situation in the future. Yeah, I like that. I like that. It's so important. Um, you know, and, and I want to, um, you know, for our our viewers and our listeners, I want to also uh, interject this, that you're a CEO, you run Maxim Software, I believe is the, is the name of the company. And, and so tell us a little bit about your experience when it comes to dealing with reviews and, and, and creating reviews. I, you work quite a bit with doctors. So talk a little bit about your experience in that area. So that that is a great... Um, Great thing, great topic to talk about because uh, a lot of dental offices, although closed now, um, are are being judged by their online reviews. Uh, there are even companies that that created their entire business around helping 
professionals, mainly dentists, but also lawyers and chiropractors and other professionals uh, build their business around reviews, creating more uh, positive reviews on their um, on their business pages, whether on Google or Facebook. And the important part is what they teach is that uh, replying is good, enhancing your business is also good. But what now specifically Google is is looking for when it comes to reviews are keywords. So a new functionality in Google has been created is when you're going to the reviews page of any business, you are seeing uh, keywords that you can press uh, and it will filter all of the reviews that have that particular keyword. So for instance, um, a keyword can be as awkward as door, but can be uh, as good as staff or caring or, or, or satisfaction or things like that, that, that really resonate with, with readers. So I think that when uh, you are collecting good reviews from, from uh, clients that had an amazing experience, it is important to help and guide them as to how to write the review so it creates the maximum benefit for the business. Because if they had a good experience, they're writing a review to help the business and help spread the word. In that case, they will be uh, more open to understanding what is going to help the most. And that's a way for the business to educate what they want to be known for in their community, in their potential client base. So if they want to be known for service, they need to select three or four service keywords that they want to be noted. And then if the client's experience matches that, then they should use those particular words. Gotcha. Okay. So so walk me through this because you're talking about uh, not necessarily creating a script for the clients, uh, but basically, uh, I think that uh, you're, you're talking about creating a, a, a customer review process. And so uh, in this customer review process, uh, you're going to give them some tips, some ideas. Walk me through creating this process. No problem. So I think the most important part is all companies want to assess and understand how many clients are happy, uh, you know, are, are neither satisfied nor dissatisfied and are unhappy so that they can take action and reserve that repeat business uh, and, and, and gain new business from referrals. So I think the first part is you have to review uh, your process and understand, are you allowing the client at any point through the sales cycle and, and specifically at the end of it, to uh, share their experience of, of, of the sales process or the delivery process or whatever the nature of your business is. If you are allowing them uh, this opportunity, then what is the process that you have to analyze the data to create actionable conclusions? So are you reviewing a particular aspect of your business or are you reviewing your entire sales process as a whole? So in those aspects, I think it's important to make sure that you are collecting information from your clients at, at all of the touch points. Again, we don't want to make it make make the entire you know transactions about about their feedback, but there are key points in any transactions, um, specifically at the end of it, where it is 
already accustomed to ask for the client's feedback. So I think collecting the right type of feedback, asking the right questions is extremely important. One of the biggest things that uh, people have great success with is based on your last experience, would you recommend us to a friend or family? That is, it is called a net promoter score NPS. It doesn't matter the name, but the essence is really, is really important. Would you recommend us? And if, you know, they, they have a scale of, let's say, one to 10. And if it's seven or less, that's already bad because they wouldn't recommend you. So now you have to take action. Now you have the contact information of the individual and you need to have a person who's dedicated, usually the operations manager or whomever, that drills into that experience to understand why wouldn't they recommend and what they can do better. If all of your customers say, say you know, eight, nine, or 10, and they do recommend, your business is going to grow exponentially through word of mouth. Yeah. You know what? It, to me, this is a great example of an additional marketing channel and really one of the best marketing channels. Um, I just, you know, wanna, so far just from talking to you, the idea of helping your customers um, create a review with, let's say, your favorite keywords, that is so smart. Uh, everybody listening and watching this should really put that into action today. Right there, to me, that is, you know, a, a million dollar idea because, again, there's no better marketing slash promotional type of tool than a customer saying, these guys are good. I would recommend them to my family and my friends. Go see them or whatever. You know, that is really one of the reasons that we're in business, to make people happy, to help them with their problems, to solve their problems. And for somebody to say, hey, Alex did a great job. I highly recommend him. Uh, you know, that's it. That, that's, that's the goal of every business. It's priceless. And you're right. Uh, you know, having a, a good referral is, is makes it so easier to to actually get the new business. So, you know, I don't want to drop any statistics, but any person that runs a business knows 100 percent that if you get a referral, that is a lead that is substantially higher closing ratio than any potential client and or lead that comes through digital advertisements or television advertisement or social media or anything. So making sure that that your business receives, you know, 30% of new clients through referrals is a real indication to how well your process of client feedback and how, how good your service is. So I think that's a great indication and a milestone that leaders of businesses can can really take and capitalize on how do you measure your business in terms of how good it is well if 30% or more of your new business comes from referrals that is really good and the more business you make if you keep that percentage that is you're building a community of clients you're building a family of clients and and you're building ambassadors for your business and that is huge because regardless of the uncertain uncertainties of business, um, like, you know, by pandemic, uh, right. you know, uh, that will never change. That will always stay because those people had an experience with you 
and they will share it and they will bring more business and they will just be an ambassador more than any employee. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? If you look at a company, company like uh, Apple uh, where you have raving fans. Uh, you know, they don't care that it costs more. They don't care that uh, Apple is a little bit more restrictive. It's it's kind of a closed environment as opposed to a, a Windows environment. Uh, they are fans of Apple. They'll always buy Apple. They uh, they love Apple, um, and, and that's really what we we would all want a line around our building waiting for our next release, right? I mean that that to me is like the pinnacle of any business. Your customers love you so much. They don't care what the price is. They just want the next thing that you're coming out with. That is a massively hard thing, hard level to get to. But man, it, it, it's the goal of every business. Yeah, and and you're right. But but even Apple, right? It, it has their their core lovers and they have their haters, right? Yeah. So. Basically, their entire product divided the world into two groups. That yeah. is amazing on its own, right? Right. Uh, and and so we have to start because we, you know we run small, medium-sized businesses and even large ones. We want to get to the next level, and the way to get to the next level is to listen to our existing clients, um, making sure that there's repeat business is easier from a revenue standpoint than obtaining new clients. So if you're able to really listen to them, capitalize on what they're saying and align your business to make them extremely happy, that is gonna cause more new business to come your way. And if the infrastructure that you build, your department, your processes, your staffing and their understanding of the business is around that, that experience to create ambassadors, then uh, it is highly probable uh, that you're going to be able to scale that as well as you gain more clients. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, a lot of people don't know this, but and you probably know this better than than a lot of people because you're in the software business as well. But when a a software company is going to roll out a new product, uh, they they have beta testers, and so depending on what's going on, the the complexity of this new product. They might have. They might be testing it for months or even a year in advance to try to get all the bugs out before they roll it out. And to, you know, I love this idea of getting your customers involved and letting them know, hey, we're going to let you be a beta, a beta tester for this. We want your feedback. And I think that sometimes people, entrepreneurs, business owners, they don't want to hear the bad stuff. And it's the bad stuff that will sneak up behind you and eat your business. 100%. All of the kitchen nightmares and bar rescue programs that, that I've watched yeah. started when, when something changed where people that lead a business stopped listening to their clients and just did things without understanding what repercussions it has. Um, and then it just like it snowballed from there. It's just it's you, you can't stop it um, and you need a wake up call. So I think you're exactly right. Um, having everything 100 percent. When was the last time that you contacted a business that had, you know, 154 reviews and they're all were five stars? Right. Right. Very, very right. 
something something doesn't feel right. So yeah. you want to you want to see the the dirty, the ugly, and how a business handles those bad experiences because you know that if you're going to go on a long-term experience with with a vendor, with a business, or even a one-time transaction, it might go wrong. And when it goes wrong, you want to make sure that you have a company that's going to work with you and it's going to try and make the experience good. So I think very, very important to utilize this great marketing resource, like you mentioned, that you have in terms of your existing clients and listen to them and use them, leverage that experience into growing your business organically. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So your business, uh, again, it's, it's uh, uh, let, me, let me grab it here. Uh, Maxim Software Systems. Does Maxim Software Systems do do you guys help us? Do you guys help business owners set up these review processes? Is that what Maxim does? No. So we mainly focus on the dental industry. We 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 have uh, an electronic medical uh, system to handle the patient records, the digital chart uh, notes. Um, working with insurance and and communicating with the patient, so everything with regards to the patient side, uh, patient management uh, for all the dental clinics out there. This is what our core business is. We have made uh, some partnerships. Uh, most recent of them uh, is with a company called Blue Jay Reviews. Um, it's uh, out of uh, uh, out of Atlanta, Georgia, and they specialize in that digital online experience, uh, life cycle, and engagement with the clients. So uh, all of the review sites that you can possibly imagine uh, their system integrates with. So whether it's Google, Facebook, or, or you know, for, for, for dentists and doctors, there's RateMDs and Yelp and, and, and others. Um, and they work and they consolidate everything and, and helps you uh, deal with, with those reviews, good or bad, and obtain new ones. So we, what we do is we try to focus on our core business of helping dentists be better in their business and be more efficient and have more things automated. And in the things that we don't really specialize in, we create partnerships that help our clients be better uh, in, in working with specialized companies in what they do to achieve the best results. Um, but yeah, so on our part, we we help the dental industry. I do uh, other consulting um, on the side, uh, pro bono for entrepreneurs through through uh, a Canadian federal um, uh, uh, organization. Yeah, yeah, which is great. It's good to give back. It's good to help people out. All right, so let's talk about this uh, empowering uh, empowering customers into being champions for your brand. How? Do you empower your customers to be your champions? Talk about this. Hundred percent. So, so you know, I, I don't want to simplify that, but there are two types of clients that would potentially be champions, or, or like I mentioned before, ambassadors for for your company or your product. So, uh, that one of the types is the customer that has consistently good experience over time. Um, and the other type is the customer that had a bad situation or interaction, but their experience was um, was covered and addressed by the company uh, to turn it around into into a positive experience. Those two types of of clients uh, have the potential of becoming 
a champion or an ambassador for a company or, or product. Now, how to do this is you need to create uh, a process and give them tools to be able to uh, actually do it. Because just because they have the potential doesn't mean that they're going to do it. So here's the thing. In order for them to be an ambassador or a champion, they need to put in effort. That effort needs to be worthwhile for them. So uh, A, it needs to be worthwhile for them, which means they're going to get something in return. It can be as simple as a gift card. It can be a discount on some of the products. It can be you know, a, 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 you know, a referral fee every time they refer a client, depending on your business, but it needs to be worthwhile for them. Uh, the, the other thing is you need to make sure to make it easy for them. So if you make it easy for them to advocate for your business or product and to share it and to bring, uh, bring you more business, then they are more likely to do that. So I think the, the, the big part is they need to have a good experience at the end, whether consistent over time or turned from a bad experience to a good one. The process needs to be easy for them, as easy as posting on Facebook and tagging you or, you know, depending on what is easy for them. Different people have different easy or determined determination what easy is for them. Uh, and it needs to be worthwhile. So because they even, you know, if they refer one or two clients to you and they know it, it's fine. But if they start referring 10, 15 clients to you, they know that they're helping you with their with their business. So it would make sense if you want them, if you want to keep them as, as your brand ambassadors and champions long term, because it's worthwhile, it's a win-win, then you would make it worthwhile for them with, with some sort of program that makes sense for them, creates value for them, but also makes sense for you as a business. Yeah, yeah. You know what? And to me, that's such a smart idea because definitely if you had a really good experience, you're probably going to tell a few of your friends, hey, you know great place to eat or great doctor, great whatever, plumber, so on, so on. But if the business, <coughs> excuse me, as you said, makes it simple for them, even incentivizes them, then all of a sudden you might have somebody who like today, when they have extra time on their hands and maybe they're looking for a way to earn money, they might get out there and start promoting you um, you know, uh, because as you said, it's, it's, it's worth it to them. It's worth their time. Uh, there is a company, I just bought a, a jump rope from them and in the, uh, the product is a little card that says, Hey, if you take a picture with the rope, uh, and post it on Instagram or social media, tag us, we'll send you a free rope for your time. Now, I thought that was just clever and I'm going to try the jump rope out. And if it works out really well, I will take a picture of me with the rope and, and promote it online because I want the free rope. And so it, it, it doesn't always have to be uh, like that. But to me, that, I thought that was a smart thing. The minute I got it and opened it up, I just thought these guys are smart marketers. Yeah. And you know, I have, I have the perfect example. We, uh, um, at some point, I think about a year ago, switched um, uh, a vendor for our uh, headsets for our team uh, because they speak on the phone a lot, so they have a headset. Uh, and we switched a vendor just because of uh, item uh, that wasn't uh, available. And what happened was is that um, they every delivery with every box, they had a bag of Tootsie Rolls inside. That was really clever as well. 
that's that was just really really nice and each time the experience is good yeah no again it doesn't take a lot um especially if you know your numbers so a lot of people this is where they fail they don't know how much it costs them to acquire a customer exactly so they don't know what they're doing in that sense right so they want to acquire a customer but they're afraid Hey, if I put Tootsie Rolls in here or if I give away a free this or free that, it's going to it's going to blow out my profit. Well, you got to know how much it costs you to acquire a customer. That's number one. And number two, what is the lifetime value of that customer? So if it costs you 100 bucks to acquire a customer, but the lifetime value of that customer is, like, let's say, two thousand dollars, then you got a lot of room there. Um, you know, uh, I was talking to uh, one of the guys from Coca-Cola. I'm a big fan of Coke. Um, and they, I, I think it taught, I, I think the guy told me right now it costs us something like $22 or something like that to acquire a customer. Now, this is a company that has massive brand recognition, uh, literally known throughout the world. It's costing them $22 to acquire a customer. And they typically are selling a product that is pretty cheap, you know, a dollar through a vending machine. You know, you can buy a case for three or four bucks. Think about that. They got to spend $22 just to acquire that customer. And it's going to take that customer several weeks or months before they pay off that $22. Uh, but the lifetime value of a, of a Coca-Cola customer, I, it was somewhere in the neighborhood of like $4,000. Which is exactly amazing. Exactly. And right. you know, I read I read somewhere that Coca-Cola spends about 80% of its revenue back into advertising and marketing to build that brand. Building yeah. that brand is something that I think is so unique. Uh, the most out extreme example that I know is the Harley Davidson brand. Yes. People tattoo it on their body. The, the logo. Think about the power of that brand. It's it's incredible. It is. It is. That, that, that's a great example. Uh, I have seen a lot of people with Harley tattoos. I've seen one or two with Coca-Cola tattoos. Uh, I've seen I've seen a lot of people with Star Wars related type tattoos, you know, but you're right. When somebody loves your brand so much that they're going to permanently put it on their skin. That again, Better than any online review. <laughs> you know, how to make your customers tattoo your brand on their skin. That's the name of the book. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So, um, you know, we're out of time, but I've really enjoyed our conversation. For those, uh, I want to kind of recap it real quick. Some of the things that we talked about is turning your bad reviews into a business opportunity to get better at what you're doing. Um, one of my favorite things that you said uh, is by listening to your customers, you can take your business to the next level. No brainer there. Uh, you know, if you're interacting with customers, you don't have to spend a lot of money on, on let's say, uh, uh, oh, what's it called? Peer review, not peer review, uh, group, uh, I forgot what it's called now. What's that? Focus group. Yeah, focus groups. Uh, you know, you have, you can interact with these customers right now and you have to be willing to hear the bad so you can get better. That's really important. Um, but, uh, definitely, uh, uh, 
Uh, great information in, in, in today's uh, conversation. Alex, I want to thank you so much. And if people want to find out more about Alex, they can go to alexslatten.com, alexslatten.com. They can find out more about you and your business. Alex, thank you so much for stopping by today. Thanks, Bert. It's my pleasure. You bet. Tune in Monday through Friday here on Money for Lunch. And check out our website at moneyforlunch.com.